As you all know, my name is Wayne. And it happens that I had nothing to do with the selection of my name. But uh, Wayne means, or refers to wagon, which refers to load bearer. And one of the ministries that God has given me, excuse me, is a ministry of encouragement. And today, that's what I really is on the Lord's heart, is to encourage you. I apologize, there are no notes. You know, sometimes messages come, you read a scripture and everything just comes and it flows and boom, it's there and, and, and it's done. This message I struggled with for a long time and didn't even finish it until 8.30 this morning, well, 8 o'clock this morning. So I didn't get the notes out, I'm sorry, but I know I got what God wants to say in my heart. So let's get started. You know, we have been looking at the attributes of God for the past couple of months. And why do we study the attributes of God? Well, there are a number of good reasons to do so. First, as we better learn who he is, we become more like him. And as we grow to know more of his love for us, or we grow to know more of his love for us, and just as importantly, we learn how to view life through our Heavenly Father's eyes. Just as David, who did not consider Goliath's size, but instead considered God's greatness. So we grow to know God's attributes better when we learn to see God's greatness in a situation rather than the overwhelming circumstances. Today, I would like to consider the glory of God. This message may not be for some of you today, but it'll be for you tomorrow. For me, this message is very pertinent today. God is indeed glorious. The dictionary defines the adjective glorious as honorable, dignified, powerful, distinguished, pleasure, beautiful, radiant. Put all of that together. Put all of that together. And you're starting to get a glimpse of what God's glory is. The most significant use of the ideas of glory and majesty, of course, are their application to God. And it's been suggested that God's glory is the external manifestation of his attributes. John Piper is fond of saying, the glory of God is, is the beauty and excellence of his manifold perfections. And he goes on to say, God's glory is the perfect harmony of all his attributes into one infinitely beautiful and personal being. And he also stated that the glory of God is as impossible to define as beauty. Many things look beautiful to us, but the ability to define what causes those things to look beautiful to us too often eludes us. Hey. In the Greek language, glory as a noun comes from the word doxa, and primarily signifying an opinion, estimate, and hence the honoring result of a good opinion. 
It is sometimes translated honor, praise, worship, and denotes the manifest perfection of God's character, his splendor, his brightness, his excellence, his preeminence, his dignity, his grace, and his majesty. This morning I want to look at some scriptures that talk about this God of glory and and the glory that he chooses to review to us. I dare say that the beauty that he has chosen to review to us is not the totality of his glory. Just as with Moses, Moses could see his hind parts but not his face, I believe that if, if, if God were to reveal his total gloriousness to us, we would be undone. We would be men and women of unclean lips and unclean hearts. And we could not stand in that presence. But still, what a glory he does reveal to us. In Psalm 104, it starts, Bless the Lord, O my soul. O Lord, my God, you are very great. You are clothed with splendor and majesty, covering yourself with light as a garment, stretching out the heavens like a tent. He lays the beams of his chambers on the waters. That's amazing. He lays his beam, the beam of his chambers on the waters, and he makes the clouds his chariot. He rides on the wings of the wind. He makes his messenger winds and ministering, ministers a flaming fire. He set the earth on its foundation so that it shall never be moved. I'd like to stop there for just a minute. I recently read an article that said, if the earth's position in the Milky Way was one degree forward, backward, up, down, left, or right, earth could not sustain life. But that our position of this earth is fixed by God that it cannot be moved. You covered it with the deep as with a garment. The waters stood above the mountains. Can you imagine that? At one point, the waters were higher than the mountains. Who is God that he has done these things? He is the most high creator, the king of the universe. And perhaps most importantly, the lover of our souls. See, this God that created all of this, he created all of this for us. Can you imagine a present? A present of, that, that took somebody hours and hours and hours to make? And yet it wasn't enough? I mean... God is so amazing. God is so amazing. He didn't just make the earth. He just didn't make these incredible bodies. He didn't just make the seas and the fish in them. He made a universe so big, so broad, we can't see the end of it. And he made it for us. There was no other reason to make it. He made it to show his glory. That when you stand outside on a winter night, 
and you look up in the sky and you see the stars uncountable and the moon reflecting he wants us to know how important we are to him that he would create so many wonderful things for us to keep ourselves busy to learn to appreciate to reveal his greatness for us Psalm 8, verses 1 through 4. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. Out of the mouth of babies and infants you have established strength because of your foes used to still the enemy and the avenger. When I look in the heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him? the son of man, that you care for him. God cares for you. We know from other Bible verses that we were created in God's image. And we were created for his pleasure. That we may choose to love him and fellowship with him. I'd like to read the portions of Isaiah 40. I'm not going to stop the comment. I just want you to get a sense of how great how glorious our God is. Starting in verse 9. Go on up to a high mountain, O Zion, herald of good news. Lift up your voice with strength, O Jerusalem, herald of good news. Lift it up, fear not. Say to the cities of, Jeho Jeho of Judah, behold your God. Behold, the Lord God comes with might, and his arm rules for him. Behold, his reward is with him, and his recompense before him. Who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand, or marked off the heavens with a span, enclosed the dust of the earth in a measure, and weighed the mountains and scales and the hills in a balance? Who has measured the spirit of the Lord, or what man shows him his counsel whom did he consult who made him understand who taught him the path of justice and taught him knowledge and showed him the way of understanding continuing in verse 25 to whom then will you compare me that I should be like him says the Holy One lift up your eyes on high and see who created these? Who, he who brings out their host by number, calling them by name, by the greatness of his might and power, because he is a strong in power, not one is missing. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. When we get to heaven, we'll have a long time to understand or to search his understanding. He gives power to the faint, and to him who has no might, he increases strength. 
Even youths shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up like wings on eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. God is not only glorious, he uses his glory to strengthen us, to encourage us when we are weak. He causes us to become overcomers in this life as well as the life to come. We are the apple of his eye. You are the apple of his eye. He cares so deeply for you and me. Not one hair falls from your head that he's not aware of. He is on our side. His ear and his heart, they are inclined toward us. His plans for us are for our good. 1 Chronicles 29.10, verses 10-12. Therefore David blessed the Lord in the presence of the assembly. And David said, Blessed are you, O Lord, the God of Israel, our Father, forever and ever. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty for all that is in the heavens and in the earth is yours. Your kingdom, O Lord, yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head above all. Both riches and honor come from you, and you rule over all. In your hand are power and might, and in your hand it is to make great and to give strength to all. These were the words that David chose to Describe our glorious Heavenly Father. Each word of it, in and of itself, conveys overwhelming works of wonder. Any one of those miracles can change your life. <laughs> I think of that commercial on I know, some college. You know, he, he tells everybody to stand up. If you're a veteran, a first-time college in a family or whatever, stand up. He says, I'm here to tell you this college can change the course of your life. I want to tell you, Jesus Christ has changed the course of your life. And for the better. So much for the better. God never fails. Put together these words, not just individually, but together, and they reveal a powerful, mighty Father whose eyes are always looking out for his children's welfare, for your welfare. Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature, and he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become as much superior to the angels as the name he inherited is more excellent than theirs. Verse 3 said, He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. 
That's why Jesus said when they asked to see the Father, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. You want to know what God's heart is towards you? Look at what Jesus' heart is or, and was towards those that he interacted with. Bartimaeus, the blind man. Zacchaeus. The tax collector. And I could go on and on and on from all the accounts of the New Testament. The lame man who could not get into the pool before everybody else. What was his heart towards them? What did they do to earn his favor? What did they do that they should have victory in their lives? Why should they find blessing and not continue to live in the curse? Because the Father's heart is to give them welfare, a future, a hope. He created them and you and me for his pleasure. He wants whole, healthy beings that can therefore focus all of their energy on fellowshipping and worshiping him, with him. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 6 through 9. For God said, let the light shine out of the darkness. For the God... For God who said, let the light shine out of the darkness, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Basically says the same thing we just saw in Hebrews. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not driven to despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. So we do not lose heart. Though the outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. We do not lose heart. It is God who loves us with an everlasting love, the Almighty One that is on our side. It is He who upholds the universe merely by the word of His power. Can you imagine? This is a picture of galaxies taken from the Hubble uh, telescope. Galaxies and galaxies and galaxies. And they all stay in their right place by simply the word of God. It is he whose plans for us are for welfare to give us a glorious future and a living hope. It is he who strengthens us, causing us to rise on eagles' wings and manifests his glory through his treasure in clay jars, whose surpassing power is at work 
on our behalf. I don't know what you're facing today. I can guarantee you that this mountain that's in your path is but an anthill to God. You may not see a solution to your situation, but if you see the greatness of your glorious God, He is the solution. All things are possible with Him who loves you, as no one else ever has or ever will love you. As I said, you are the apple of His eye, and He will care for you. There is victory in Jesus today. Cast your care on him because he cares for you. He is your father, renowned for his mercy and grace. He is the one, the only one, that can be described as great, powerful, glorious, victorious, and majestic. The king of kings has your back. Rejoice, for your, redeem, your Redeemer has already drawn close. We all go through times of trials and testings. We all find mountains that we either have to climb or move out of the way. No one's exempt. No one gets a free pass through life. But what we as Christians get is a loving, all-powerful Father who cares for our situation and has already determined that we should have the victory over it. He's already made a way. He already knows the path. He's already made a way where there is no way. I recently joined the ranks of the unemployed. And it could be a devastating time for me. It could be a depressing time for me. It could be an overwhelmingly challenging time for me, but it's not. Not because I'm such a <laughs> anything. I'm a clay jar. But I know that I know that I know that God has something better, better for me. He will not push me out of the nest without being there to catch me if I can't fly. And the same is true for you. Whatever mountain you face today or will face tomorrow, God is there with you. And his plans are for you to come out better than you went in. So rejoice and be glad God is on your side. 
the glorious God who had created everything, whose power is unlimited. Who loves you more than you could ever know. At least until you get to heaven. Father, in the name of Jesus. Lord, how blessed we are to be your children. How wonderful it is to have such a glorious Father. How gracious you are, Father. In your love, overwhelming love for us. And Father, we choose to look at a great God rather than overwhelming circumstances. And we thank you, Lord, in advance because we know it's already been declared in the heavenlies that we shall be victors, we shall be overcomers, and you shall receive all the glory. In Jesus' name we thank and praise you. Amen. <laughs>